Welcome to Organized Chaos. Um, so this happens anytime there is a fifth Sunday in the month. Okay, so every time there's a fifth Sunday, we meet. So that happens four times a year. Um, and we are glad to welcome this Organized Chaos into the, the church meeting because we are a family church and we love uh, worshiping as a family. So it's something that we desire to do every once in a while just to specifically worship with our kids. I know for parents, I really appreciate the work that you're trying to do because sometimes you're like, uh, where's my kid? You know, you're, you're, trying, you're trying to keep your kid in the same row, uh, let alone trying to worship at that point. Um, so I appreciate that you take the effort and do that. Every time I see children and families in a church meeting, I am very, very thankful and grateful because I know how hard it is to get out of the door. And the fact that you would go through that to make sure that you're here and prioritize being together with the church family of God is a good thing. Okay, so I want to commend you for that and want to encourage you in that. It is, it is hard sometimes, but we love it. How many kids are happy to be here? How many older people are happy to be here? Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm going to just share a little bit, and then we're going to watch a little video, um, which goes with what I'm going to be saying. So for the past few weeks, I've been working with a series called Bring It On. And this is specifically for the adults in the room, helping you navigate hard uh, situations, there are things that you're suffering, there are things that you're walking through that require a godly response. And we get this out of Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7, where he says, the servant of the Lord, this is the servant of the Lord talking about Jesus, so he says, his face was set like flint against what was against him. Right? Because the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. I have set my face like a flint that I know shall, that I shall not be put to shame. Put that in modern language. It's him saying, bring it on. So everything that is against me, I'm prepared to stand square against it because the Lord is with me. So don't miss the part that says the Lord helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Because in the middle of a struggle, in the middle of something that's really hard, you feel like, is this just me on my own? It's me against the world. I feel like I'm by myself in this. The Lord will not leave you alone. The Lord has promised in Scripture again and again, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You know how he proved that? Do we know how, how do we know that God loves us? Anybody? How do we know that God loves us? This is an important question. Yeah. He gave us Jesus. He gave us Jesus to do what? Save us from our sins. To save us from our sins because we were apart from God, right? So when Jesus loved us, he didn't just love us from afar. He came to us. This is how we know God's love for us. That when we were still far away from God, when we did not like God, when we had all the green stuff right there. Like Oliver over here drew me a picture to show what happens when sin gets a hold of our hearts and we need God's love to help us. 
right? So when God comes into our hearts, he helps us move out of the things that we are stuck in to a place where we are more stable, we're more secure. We don't have to fight against things because God has already fought the battles for us. It's something that we can stand in, even though it is not easy. How many of you think life is easy? Oh, you think life is easy? Okay. Uh-huh. We've got a few people who think life is easy, but sometimes it's hard. How many of you think life is hard? Okay. Now, did Jesus promise that you're going to have a really cool time? Guess what? You know how many of you have verses on your fridge or like magnets or something, that, a verse that you put up somewhere? How many of you have this verse? Can you put John 16, 33 up? This is a promise Jesus made. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. So this is a promise of God's peace. What is the follow-up that goes with this promise? In this world, you will have tribulation. For the kids listening, this is a big word to say you're going to go through really, really hard things. You're going to have really troubling things, things that upset you, things that disappoint you, things that are just downright bad. Okay? So these are the kinds of things that are going to happen in life. You and I are not going to stop it. But what does Jesus say? But take heart. I have overcome the world. So everything that is against you, everything that you're going to go through, it's not like Jesus simply, simply says, all right, I'm going to make sure that nothing bad ever happens in your life. Because guess what? Sometimes we learn the best things when we're walking through hard things. How many of you know how to play a sport? Okay. How many of you got it right the first time? The first time? I thought as much some, some hands would go up. When you're playing a sport against other people, sometimes you find yourself saying, I want to be good at this, but I don't know why I missed that ball. I don't know why I couldn't kick it that way. I, I don't know, that ball went straight past me. What happened? Because I need to work at it. It's, some things are going to be hard. And to learn something... Can you say this with me, kids? To learn something, I need to unlearn something else. Because I'm used to doing something my way. Can you say that with me? I'm used to doing things my way. So when someone else tells me, you're going to have to run like this, you're like, no, why can't I just run like this? Why can't I just kick the ball like that? He's like, because you cannot do that. You have to learn to control it. You have to learn to do this this way, right? So any lesson you learn in life, you have to remember, before you start learning something, you're going to have to say, I don't know what's best. Who is the person who has the best understanding about things in the world? Who does? Uh Uh-oh. God? God has the best understanding of things, right? So when we come out to hard things in life, who do we ask? We ask God. And that's what Jesus is saying over here. I want you to have peace in me because I will be with you. 
Whether it's a hard thing that you're facing as a five, six-year-old, or eight, nine-year-old, a 12-year-old, 15-year-old, 18, 20-year-old, or you're in the middle of a marriage issue, or you're in a job situation, or a retirement issue, or a health issue, guess what? God knows how to deal with your specific situation. The issue is we always think we know what needs to be fixed. We always think, I know, yeah, 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 I know how that works. How many of you, when you went to your coach the first time, when he told you to stop doing something, all right, I'm looking at some boys here who, who, who I know are on different teams, right? When the coach says something to you, do you guys simply say, yeah, 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 I know that? Or do you say, I need to learn this, right? If you want to be a good team player, if you want to get better at your craft or get better at the skill you're learning, what do you have to do? I do not know what is best. Can we say that together? I do not know what is best. When we start at that place, then we're able to ask for help. We're able to ask for help and get help. So this is the simple thing I want you to listen to. When you feel like overwhelmed that something isn't working or something is really hard, what do I want us to do together? And this is the title of what I'm talking about. Take heart. Don't lose courage. Don't lose the will to move on. But instead, take heart. Why? Because Jesus said he will not leave you. He will be there with you. Okay? Can we watch this video I have prepared? Um, so that we can learn a little bit more about taking heart. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. Well, that is good news. And I love that scripture because it gives so much hope to those who have hard days and even hard seasons of life. Yep. And we're going to be worshiping through that, praying through that together, that when we want to run away, um, that when we're disappointed with our best, that when we feel this ache in our chest, that we get to remind ourselves that God always keeps his promises, that he wins in the end, that if he is for you, who can be against you? Um, and so we're going to dive into this. Travis and Cam are going to jump in here in a little bit. But first, we're going to worship together as we sing through this psalm. You can feel free to stand, sit. That's, that's totally fine. But we're going to worship with this song for a bit. Yeah. 
beginning my chase I remind myself that discourages you? People being mean to me. When people are sick. If I break something that's really special to my mom. Something that discourages me is when I'm too hard on myself. Travis and Cam paint a picture. Hey everybody. Cam and I are just working on this school project that we have. We're painting flowers. I'm actually done, I think. What about you? Yeah, uh, just one more thing right there and finished. Okay, let's see it. All right, are you ready? Ta-da! Wow, Travis, that's beautiful. Thanks, let me see yours. Okay, ready? Yes. Ta-da! Oh, wow, Cam. Uh, you, you know what? N never mind. Don't look at mine. No, wait, Travis, what's wrong? Well, I'm just such a bad painter. And if I'm bad at painting, then everybody's going to see my ugly painting, and then nobody's going to want to be my friend. And if I don't have any friends, then whoa, I'm going to be alone. Oh, Travis, Travis. First of all, whether you're a good painter or not doesn't matter. And you're great at lots of things. What really matters is that Jesus has said, we can take heart because he's overcome the world. He's overcome our troubles. And those things don't define us. What defines us is that Jesus loves us and that we can trust him. 
So you're saying that Jesus has already overcome all of my fears and worries? All your fears, all your worries, all your troubles, and that doesn't mean there won't be troubles, but what Jesus does promise is that he'll always be with us. Man, knowing that Jesus is always gonna be with me is really comforting. all the weight for us. You can bank on that he will always be enough. What a pleasure it's been to sing through this together. And um, so go now, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratefulness to God in your heart. All right. Wasn't that amazing to see that Jesus carries all the weight for us? So when there are things that are too hard for us, whether you're old or young in this room, I want, I want to make sure that I get everybody paying attention for yourself. Okay, this isn't a kid's message. This isn't a grown-up's message. This is for you. This is for me. Jesus cares way more about the little, little things that bother us and the big, life-changing things that seem to hit us. He cares about it all. Can somebody open the Bible to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7? If someone can get Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. I'm going to pick somebody to read it. Okay? And then somebody else, can you grab 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Okay, so who has Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7? All right. Can you read that for me? Do not be anxious about anything but in everything. Do not be anxious about anything. 
Okay, what was the first part of that message? Do not be, because we can get anxious about pretty much everything, right? So first thing is a command that we have from God saying what? Do not be anxious about anything. But what do I do with this anxiety feeling that I have inside my chest? But in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, isn't that amazing? Instead of choosing anxiety in the midst of that feeling where I feel that pounding in my chest, or I'm feeling all sweaty and clammy, what I'm going to do is take that feeling and say, I'm going to come to God, and I'm going to share what's going on in my heart with him, but I'm going to do it with thanksgiving. Why do I do it with thanksgiving? This is one of the important things about how we take heart. Because my heart is discouraged, right? I don't feel like saying anything. I don't feel like praying. How many of you don't feel like praying often? Me? I don't. I often don't feel like praying. But this is where scripture teaches me to strengthen myself in God, to take heart in God, I do this simple thing. I obey God's word and I say, Lord, I'm really bummed out about this. I really, I'm feeling so discouraged. I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to pray about this. But what I'm going to do is with thanksgiving, what, is the, what can I be thankful for? What can I be thankful for when I come to God? Name one thing. What can I be thankful for? What was that? Having the ability to pray to God. I can thank him that I can actually have access to God. That I have the ability to go to God. I'm going to thank him for that. All right, what else can we thank God for? Yeah, go ahead. Saving us from us. Saving us from our sins. I can thank him for saving me from my sin. What else, Shania? That God died on the cross for us. That he died on the cross for us. And that is what paid for my sin. Right? So whenever we look at what we're doing with thanksgiving, it's not just mindless saying, oh, thank you for the day you've given us. But I have so much to be grateful for. And then in that context, I can say, Lord, this is really troubling me. This is really upsetting me so I can bring it to you. Okay? Now, who has 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 10? Who has it? 2 Corinthians. Okay, Kim. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So when you put these two things together, when I struggle with something, when I don't know what to do about life and its situations, if I come to God with thanksgiving, he said, I promise you, I will give you my peace. I will stabilize you. You will not be like, oh, I don't know if I can make it. He sets you on a firm foundation, which is what Jesus has done. And guess what? His grace will give you the power to walk through it. 
Can you say this with me? His grace will give me the power to walk through it. Say this with me. His grace will give me the power to walk through it. So whatever you're facing, whether you feel like you're bad at something, something someone did to you, something that's happening in your life right now that seems way too hard for you, guess what? His grace will help me walk through it. I don't have to be strong. I don't even have to pretend like I know what I'm doing. How many, how many times do you feel like you, you, you need to know what's happening and you need to answer people when they ask you a question? Right? I often feel that. I often feel like, oh, they asked me a question and I need to find something brilliant to say. You don't have to be brilliant. All you have to do is say, I am weak and I know God's grace will help me walk through it. So is it going to look pretty every day? No. Some days are going to be really hard. But when I do that, I know his grace will be sufficient for me. And the peace of God, which passes the way we understand things, the way we think about things, the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So can you write down these three verses in your notebook if you're taking notes? John 16, 33. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. These verses, I want you to work with this through this week. Because we're going to have life groups this week. Okay, when we get to life groups, I want you to talk about these things. How have you taken heart in the middle of what you're going through? Can you prepare that now? Okay, before you get to life groups. How have I taken heart in the things that God has given me while I'm walking through something? What are the things of God? And I gave you three things last week. How do you strengthen yourself in the Lord? In the work of the cross, the work of His Spirit, and the work of His Word. These three, these three things cannot be separated. They all work together. I know what Jesus has done for me by the work of the Holy Spirit. And I know what the Holy Spirit's doing in me through the working of His Word. So without God's Word, I cannot have the work of His Spirit. I cannot have the work of Jesus on the cross and what He has done for me revealed to me. So I need all of these things working in me. So say, Lord, I want to grow in these things. I want to be established in these things. I don't want to be someone who is shaky. I want to be able to say, Lord, your grace will walk me through it. Amen? Cool. Uh, before, we, before we go, I just want to announce two things that are coming up next week. Apart from the fact that we're going to be falling back. Falling back. It's the fallback week. It's fallback week. Everybody, you're going to lose time going backwards, okay? So we're going backwards next week. We're meeting at 10 o'clock as usual. But the other thing that's happening next week, it's prayer Sunday for the community. Okay, so we have our Love Indiana prayer weekend. So I want us to try and be there if you can at 4 o'clock, okay? This is the Love Indiana prayer network that we have as community churches, we'll be meeting right here at Word of Grace at 4 o'clock next Sunday. And at 6.30, the guys are going to be meeting for a campfire. We thought we'll give it one more shot before it gets frozen. We're going to have a huge, epic bonfire-looking thing at the Canton's home. They actually, their, their fire like hits, like it goes up a fair distance. It's not like the ones at my house. Okay, so it'll be nice and warm. We'll, we'll be eating some food together, spending some time together. So 
Guys, if you can come out, um, that's next Sunday at 6.30 for a campfire. Just guys uh, 18 and over would be the... Yeah, we'll, we'll have... We, dude, I got your back, okay? We, we'll, we'll have a teens hangout, too. Okay, we'll have a youth hangout campfire, too. Um, but because this will be late in the night, and you guys have school in the morning, so that, that's why you're not invited. Okay, I'm going to give it over to Donovan for the real announcements now. Family Sunday. Family Sunday. Miles, you could have stomped right there. That was your moment. I'm going to do it one more time. Miles, you're going to stomp. Look, look, look at me. Look at me. Family Sunday. Wait, one more time. One more time. Miles, I, want you, I want you to be with me on this one. You ready? You ready? Family Sunday. Okay, oh, you know what? Next, next, next fifth Sunday. We got it. We got it. I love you anyway. So we have two announcements, family, and then I'm going to let y'all go because I can hear the energy just pulsing in the room. All right? First one is we have potluck on November the 19th. All the kids in the room say November. Uh-uh. November the 19th. Kiddos, it is your responsibility to remind your parents to sign up for that potluck. Okay? You hear that? That was your homework. Kiddos, it is your responsibility to remind your parents to sign up for that potluck. And where can they sign up for the potluck? On the kiosk. All right, kids, can you say kiosk with me? Kiosk. Okay. So we're going to do that. Make sure you sign up. November the... November the... All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, and then also, that same day, and I believe at 5 p.m., see? Okay. All right, so on that same day, November 19th, we're going to be having Stand Sunday. Boom, give it to me. Okay, and Stand Sunday, not on the same Sunday. Ooh, that's on the 12th. My notes said the 19th. Okay, we'll fight about that later. All right. So the week before the potluck, now I see why it was on the slide beforehand, um, we're going to be having Stand Sunday. Now, Stand Sunday is when the church gathers annually to be praying about all of the children and families who are going through tribulations of their own, okay? There are a lot of families that are struggling, and as a result, sometimes they need to be separated. And we have people in our church who are lovingly taking care of children from families that may not have a safe home. So we're praying that families will be brought back together, but we're also praying for those who step up and who help children who need a safe home. And we have a couple of people in our church that do that, and so we want to support them as well. And so Stand Sunday is about families being brought back together and new homes being provided for those who don't have a home. Amen? So on November the 12th at Cinco, 5 p.m., we're going to be gathering here for Stand Sunday. We hosted last year. We'll be hosting again. So consider showing up for that, if nothing else, to worship and to learn about some needs that could be met in the church. All right? With that being said, church is over. You don't have to get your kids, because they're already here. But remember that I love you. Have a great week.